Uh, today is the first Sunday of Epiphany, and today our scripture reading is going to be from the Psalms. Uh, so, so that's Psalm 29. So uh, if you have your uh, Bibles with you this morning, I'll give you just a minute to flip to that. Psalm 29. I'll give you a hint. It is after Psalm 28, and then if you get to Psalm 30, you just went a little too far. So uh, that, that should help you get to uh, Psalm 29. And it reads like this. It says, ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in the temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people, and the Lord blesses his people with peace. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, it marks the beginning of what is called the season of epiphany uh, within the Christian church. Um, the word uh, epiphany it means uh, a moment of sudden insight or revelation. The word epiphany, you've heard it before. So just to give you an example, this was a few years back. A friend of mine, his mom had to be rushed to the emergency room. Um, she was having trouble breathing just after walking up a set of stairs. And uh, my friend told me that it was at some point while his mom was in the hospital that she had an epiphany. It was finally time to stop smoking, that she had to start eating better, that she needed uh, to lose a few pounds and uh, uh, to start exercising more. Or maybe you've had this. I know this has happened to me, and I was laughing as I was thinking about this, uh, uh, preparing for today's sermon. Uh, have you ever said something or done something, and then it hits you and you have an epiphany? That is exactly what your mom or dad used to say or do. And you realize maybe you're not quite as much different from your mom and dad as maybe you thought. Has that ever happened? Let me see your hands. I can't, online or here in person, has that ever happened to you? I know it's happened to me. Um, well, in, in the context of Christianity and the Christian church, the season of Epiphany, what it celebrates, it is the insight or the revelation of God incarnate in Jesus Christ, or the revelation or insight of, of God being embodied in Jesus. Um, and in the Western church, the season of Epiphany, it begins on January 6th. So this is the first Sunday of Epiphany, but uh, Epiphany is uh, on January 6th um, when, it, when it begins. And most often, it's accompanied by the reading of Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12, uh, which is the visits of the Magi coming to see Jesus, these Gentile visitors who have come from the east, bowing down, um, offering gifts 
to Jesus very shortly after his birth that even as a newborn, Jesus just days old, that these magi, these Gentiles who have come from a far off place, they come acknowledging Jesus's lordship, lordship and kingship. Here's a portion of Matthew 2, verse 1 to 12, which reads like this. When the Magi saw that the, star, that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And upon entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. This was something that you did if you were in the presence of royalty. And then opening their treasure chests, they offer him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left uh, for their country by another path. And so throughout the season of Epiphany, this is our focus. It is reading and reflecting on those passages in the scriptures that give witness to Jesus's true personhood and identity as the Son of God. Most of the time, Throughout Epiphany, our passages will come from the Gospels um, but, uh, that, that we have in the lectionary. Uh, but for this morning, I thought we would take a look at the psalm um, for, for today, which I thought was very uh, appropriate on this first Sunday. Uh, now, if you have ever read through all 150 psalms, then you, then you know very quickly that they're not all alike. There's some that are short. There's some that are uh, quite lengthy. There are some psalms that have more of a somber tone uh, that are filled with lament. There are some psalms that maybe offer comfort or assurance. There are some psalms that almost seem like battle cries, calling on the Lord to defeat their enemies. And so there's a, a variety of different psalms. But I think if there's one word that I would have to use to describe Psalm 29, I think I would choose the word loud. It's a loud psalm. It's a powerful psalm of pronouncement and affirmation of who God is. And so this morning, we're just going to take a look at a couple different parts of Psalm uh, 29. And I think by the time we reach the end of this sermon, um, we will find that it's a good word for each one of us on this first Sunday of Epiphany. The first two verses of Psalm 29, they begin this way. They say, ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord glory, do his name, worship the Lord with splendor and with holiness. Now, I think it's important for us to know that around the time this psalm would have been written, that the Israelites, they had some neighbors to the north, and they were called the Canaanites. And we read about the Canaanites several times uh, throughout the scriptures, mostly in the Old Testament. And, and according to the Canaanite tradition, there were a variety of gods that greatness and strength and splendor and glory could be attributed to. So maybe it was the god or goddess of fertility or the god or goddess of vegetation or the god or goddess of fire or medicine or the moon or good fortune, along with dozens and dozens of other things. And so what would happen is that these, uh, because the Canaanites were such close neighbors to the north, is that sometimes their influence and their way of thinking and their way of being would sometimes make its way south. 
and it would be adopted by the Israelite people. And then what would happen is that some of these Israelites, they would find themselves doing the same thing. Yes, they might still pray to Yahweh, they might acknowledge Yahweh, but there was also this very real temptation to offer their worship somewhere else as well. And so in many ways, Psalm 29, it begins not only with this invitation for us to to worship the Lord, but it also serves as a very strong polemic against those who might be tempted to ascribe strength and glory and splendor and holiness elsewhere, whether it be the supernatural or the natural or even possibly another human being. And so the psalmist in Psalm 129, I'm sorry, in Psalm 29, not 129, um, is very clear here. Who is it that we ascribe glory to? Ascribe glory to the Lord. Who is it that we ascribe strength and splendor to? Who is it that is holy and most worthy of our worship and of our adoration? It is only to the Lord our God and God alone. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord with the splendor of his holiness. And so this being the first Sunday of Epiphany, we remember the Magi who came and who bowed down before Jesus in adoration, bringing gifts that were only reserved for a king and for royalty. And may that be the approach, uh, may you and I approach the Lord in the very same way. Let me ask you these questions this morning. Who is it that you ascribe greatness to? Who is it that you, above all, ascribe strength and splendor and glory to? Who is it that you bow down before? Personally, I think the temptation we run into in the year 2021, still getting used to saying that, 2021, is that we hear a sermon like this, and scripture like this, and we write it off. We say, those silly, silly Israelites, what were they possibly thinking, allowing themselves to be influenced by the Canaanites like that? I would never do that. Why would they possibly ascribe any of those things to anyone other than the Lord? And the reason why we can say that is because the Canaanite religion, it's completely irrelevant to us uh, in the year 2021. None of us are going to go home this week. None of us are going to be tempted to bow down to the Canaanite god of fertility. I don't know about you, I'm not. Or the god or goddess of medicine. That's not a temptation of mine. But isn't it interesting that the very same temptation that the Israelites faced when this psalm was written is the very same type of temptation that followers of Jesus face today. And for thousands of years, well before the time of Jesus, well before Jesus was born, uh, we have continually faced the temptation to place our hope and our faith to ascribe glory and honor and worship to things other than God. And there's a name for these things. The scriptures call them idols. This might seem like a strange question to ask 
having just said that. But have you ever been haunted by something? Have you ever had something haunt you? And I don't mean a ghost. Um, but something that maybe that lives inside of you that evokes feelings of unrest. Could be a number of different things. I think if there is one passage of scripture that causes me to feel that way, when I think about the Western church in the year 2021, it is words of Jesus that I read in Matthew chapter 7 when he says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Father. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, but didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we have Jesus fish stickers on the back of our cars? And didn't we, uh, and, and, and didn't we do all these other, other things, Lord? And he will declare to them, depart from me, I never knew you. And so perhaps our collective response to the beginning of, of this psalm, Psalm 29, the psalm that reads, ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory do his name. Worship the Lord with splendor and holiness. Perhaps our response can be twofold. Um, and the first one is, may we affirm these words of worship in our lives. May we do just that. May we ascribe strength and glory and splendor and holiness unto the Lord. May we worship the Lord just as the Magi did who came down and came and bowed down. And then second, may we pause to confess. Confess those times when we have loudly proclaimed, Lord, Lord, while at the same time in our hearts, we are busy ascribing strength and glory and honor and holiness elsewhere. When we have quietly or perhaps even unknowingly erected idols in our lives. Um, there's a lot in Psalm 29, but I, I think if there was a second truth uh, that Psalm 29 uh, affirms this morning that I'd like to point out, it could be worded this way. Praise be to the God. Praise be to the God who's greater than the chaos. Or maybe praise be to the God who is more powerful than what seems to be the most powerful. Verse 3 to 9, uh, verse 29, uh, Psalm 29, having trouble speaking this morning, Psalm 29, verses 3 to 9, uh, provides us with several examples of this. So for thousands of years in the ancient world, and surely when this psalm uh, was written, the waters and the oceans and the seas, they symbolized chaos. In fact, when this psalm was written, the waters symbolized chaos, the untamable. So, for example, before the creation of the world, God does what? God hovers over the untamed waters. Uh, it is in the story of Noah, it is the water, the waters, that brings about power and force and destruction. 
Um, in, in the book of Exodus, the climax of the story is when God's people pass through the untamed waters, only for then the waters to then pronounce judgment on their foes. And verse 3 in our psalm reads like this, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. A few verses later, we read this, the voice of the Lord makes the cedars of Lebanon break. The voice of the Lord makes the deserts shake. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips them bare. Some wild imagery in your mind right there. Now, I don't know about you, but I think there is a lot of us, and not just people who attend Journey Church, but people all over our country and all over our world who could use this reminder this morning. That on this first Sunday of Epiphany, we celebrate and we worship the God who is greater than the chaos. The God who is more powerful than that which we fear and the unknown. Towards the end of the psalm, we read these two words. Psalm uh, 29, verse 10 reads, The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And I think that is a, a, a fitting way for us to conclude our sermon for this morning. The Lord blesses his people with peace. So may you know that the God we serve sits enthroned over the chaotic waters. May we ascribe strength and glory and power and holiness to the Lord. And may you know today that the Lord is enthroned as king forever on this first Sunday of Epiphany. And that the Lord gives strength to his people. And that as we worship the Lord, may the Lord bless you with peace this morning. Peace in your heart and peace with one another. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this psalm and for the truths that it proclaims. God, we begin by confessing that we know what it's like to be those Israelites who are tempted to ascribe uh, glory and strength and honor and worship elsewhere. We know what that temptation is like. And so, God, we reposition our hearts this morning, our focus and our eyes towards you. And we bow down before you, Lord, and say, you, uh, you are the one who is, is worthy of our worship today. You are the one, and you alone are the one worship, uh, worthy of glory and honor. So may we ascribe these things to you in our worship today. And Lord, may we remember as well that when the, the, the chaotic waters of life just seem to overwhelm us, when we're not sure what to, to make of things, or we're not sure what to do, or when life just seems 
really overwhelming, that you are the God who is greater, that you are greater than the chaos. And Lord, I pray um, that as the psalm concludes, that, that, that we would be blessed with peace as well, that we would be people of peace. God, help us as we soon go from this place. Uh, fill us with your Holy Spirit to be the people that you're calling us to be. We pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.